Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Steve Hartland is chilling on this very cold night down at his house in, you're in Abingdon, correct, Steve? Abingdon, that's right, which is actually up from you, but it doesn't matter. That is true. Yes, I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> I grew up in New Hampshire, so most things were down from me, and I still have that frame of reference whenever I speak about anything. Um, it's kind of like in, in uh, the New Testament and Jerusalem. If you were north of it, south of it, east or west of it, you always said, we're going up to Jerusalem because it was up on a mountain. Ah, okay. There you go. Makes sense to me. <laughs> That's right. I'm just being overly spiritual with all of this. <laughs> New Hampshire, the New Jerusalem. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, we can pretend. Um, so much we want to talk about today, Steve. Um, I'm very excited. We are um, sitting down and recording for the first time in well over a month. Um, and it is exciting. Of course, we had been releasing our uh, Christmas podcasts, our December podcasts, all throughout the month of December. Took a break off last week. Um, some things came up on my end. Some things came up on your end. And so, you know, we just kind of were texting back and forth. And we're like, hey, you know what? Let's just uh, let's just take the week off and not worry about it. And so we're anxious to dive b- back in and, and get to it. Um, but before we do that, I want to throw a shout out to uh, Mission Aware. Love those guys over there, um, all the great stuff that they do. Don't forget to check out the These Go to 11 page um, on the uh, collab section of Mission Aware and check out the great products that we have on there from them that has our logo. Um, you know, one of the things, and again, you know, we, we talk so much about them and uh, we tried doing a little mini commercial once for them and to me it just – uh, it was okay, but I actually I like I think what we do more on this live setting is a little better in talking about them. Um, one of the things that I will say is that on our Facebook page we have linked Mission Aware to our Facebook page, so you can click on the Shop Now button on Facebook, and it will direct link you to Mission Aware's page where you can um, be right there and looking in. Uh, this time of the year, you know, we promoted Christmas time, people going in and checking them out and buying gifts. I know for me, a lot of what I'll do is I'll kind of hang out and see uh, what people end up getting me for Christmas. And then usually I have a few extra bucks to spend. Some people decide, you know, there's just nothing that they find that they want to get me. So they'll give me a gift card or cash or something like that. And so, you know, checking out uh, Mission Aware and their great products now, you know, after the Christmas rush has kind of hit would be a great opportunity for some people out there looking to expand their reformed collection. Anything you want to say about them, Steve? Well, I just, uh, not so much about them, but I wanted to ask you. So when someone gives you a gift and it is a, uh, a Visa card, mm-hmm. Is that a good gift? Do you really like that? Or would you prefer that they went shopping and bought something for you? Uh, I'm actually, I could go either way. Um, this year, uh, I didn't have as many people going out and doing the gift card thing for me. Um, and I, I enjoy, you know, people trying to uh, kind of find something that I that is unique to me. Um, my sister-in-law did a great job this year at kind of hitting that. Actually, both my sister-in-laws did. Um, one of them, um, she ended up getting me an Echo Dot with uh, one of those smart plugs. So I've been having fun plugging my little light in and just telling my uh, Echo Dot Alexa to turn the light on and off. So I've been entertained just by voice <laughs> activating that. Um, 
And then my other sister-in-law um, got me um, a uh, book that had um, – it's, it's kind of like fractured fairy tales except they're politically correct fairy tales. Um, so it's, you know, Little Red Riding Hood going to visit her grandmother, not because she's an old, frail woman, but because, you know, Little Red Riding Hood is just a dutiful citizen who wants to help people. Uh, you know, so. That's great. Yeah, it's it's really um, uh-huh. entertaining. So I've been enjoying going through and um, reading uh-huh. those and um, been a been a good time. So. But yeah, you know, I, I can go either way. Um, like I said, it's, it's great when people, you know, are able to kind of come up with that gift and it's like, oh, you know, I saw this and thought of you. I thought that would be perfect. Or if they're just like, I didn't think of anything. I'm just going to give you money. It's like, yeah, that's, that's cool. There are a couple things that I'd like to get with that. So I have no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I really like gift cards. However, I'm looking, I, I have over here on the far left of my desk. There's a Panera card. There's another Panera card. There's a Cold Stone Creamery card. There's another Cold Stone Creamery card. There's a Barnes and Noble gift card. That wasn't been there for three years, I think. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, so I, they tend to pile up here. Actually, I had a lot more than that until just recently. I, I think I gave some of them away as Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> the gift card is the perfect re-gift item, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. That's right. <laughs> Uh-huh. I so, will say though, uh, my uh, my uncle one year wasn't paying attention, and he went out and got a um, a gift card, and he mixed it up with one he already had. So I went to use the gift card, and there was like four dollars and thirty two cents on it. Oh no! And so I just, I, I, you know, ever since then, I've I've given him a hard time harassing him about that. It's yeah. like, so, uh, Uncle Rich, you know, uh, what you going to get me this year? Another uh, four thirty two gift card? Yeah. Uh, wow. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit, Steve. How was your, how was your holiday season? Cause we didn't have a chance to talk and get caught up. Uh, Christmas and New Year good for you? Well, yes and no. That is to say, we had a, we had a get together, uh, two weeks before Christmas. Mm-hmm. That was our family Thanksgiving slash Christmas get together. Okay. So we were all kind of present then. There's like 20 couple of us when we're all present. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that was a great time, of course. But, but on Christmas day, mm-hmm. uh, Debbie and I got into her car, no, my truck early in the morning, drove three and a half hours down into Virginia mm-hmm. to see her mother who's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing. And we stayed all day and then we stayed in the motel and then we stayed the next day. On Christmas day, there was not one food establishment open anywhere. So we lived on gas station food oh. all day. You know, we just make another trip to a gas station and bring home some yogurt, and right. cheese, and whatever, what some nuts for some protein and stuff. So that that was not the greatest day of my life. And uh, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, not a problem. Glad to be there for my mother-in-law. Well, that's good. How was your uh, How was y'all's Christmas Eve services at uh, Trinity? Did you all do the week before like usual? We did. We did the week before, and we didn't even call it a Christmas Eve service this year since it was on the 17th. We called it a Christmas concert. Okay. And, well, of course, I'm really biased, but I think it was stellar, man. I think it was amazing. Like, our music people, mm-hmm. and by the way, just in parentheses, I was the drummer that night. But anyway, <laughs> don't forget that. Our, our music people really, like, killed it. And we had uh, a couple of outside people come in and join us for the music. I got to stand up, preach the gospel for a little bit, and we'd been encouraging our people to invite. Oh man, they blew it up! They invited so many people. 
we had to put out a lot of extra chairs and it was absolutely packed in there and i loved it they did a great job awesome awesome that's great and you're what did new- you guys have up at CFC. Yeah, we um we had our uh, traditional Christmas Eve service. There was a I think it was a two o'clock and a four o'clock service, or a two thirty and a four thirty, something like that. Um, Joy and I ended up going to the later service, uh, and it was I mean it was just nice. Greg preached on um you know kind of the sentimentality and or sentimentality and trappings of Christmas and how. Um, those things kind of point us, you know, if we are, if we long for those things, you know, these moments stuck in time, these, these moments that are, you know, precious to us, you know, that leads us to that. There's something more out there, um, and greater waiting for us in the wings, you know, and, and that is pointing to Jesus Christ, the ultimate fulfillment of, you know, that perfect moment, that perfect time, that perfect thing that we are longing and expecting. Um, just did a great job bringing it all together cool. and yeah, really, really enjoyable, um, Christmas Eve service. So you guys, go ahead. You guys had a, a no morning service, just afternoon services. Correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But they were, Still on Sunday, so you weren't violating the regulated principles. That's right. Somebody probably grump about it, right? Oh, uh, well, in somebody our church, I, I don't, like yeah, I I don't mean say, in your church. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah I'm sure somebody, somebody yeah, I'm sure somebody somewhere uh, ended up doing that, you know, and I, you know, I just, I find it funny because for people who are so big on the regulative principle, they seem to ignore the fact that pastors should take care of their own churches and not worry about others. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good, <laughs> but you know, um, but no, it was, it was great. It was a nice holiday season. It ended up being a little bit busier than, uh, we were, my wife and I were anticipating, but it was filled with tons of family. And so it was, it was very good in that respect. So, nice. Yeah. Can't beat family, man. It's so good being with family. Wow. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So Steve, one of the things that um wanted to do because we didn't end up doing this um last week was just kind of talking about the year in review, just kind of looking at some of the highlights, maybe some of the the low points. Um you know, we're always looking ways that we can improve. What is 2018 going to bring for us? Uh we've got some listener questions here to kind of um kick some things off in a little bit. Um but wanted to just get your thoughts about um 20, 2017 in review, you came on full-time around um, September. We had kind of been doing on and off through uh, July and August, and then September, you and I started podcasting full-time. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Are you uh, Are you still liking it? Are you ready to, to you know hang up the hat and find another co-host for me? <laughs> uh, I, I love podcasting. I, I love podcasting. Uh you know, the conversation yeah. and the topic we get to cover. So, uh, no, I, I look forward to it. Good. Because I really don't have anybody else that I can co-host with. <laughs> uh, yeah. If this one, if this one went belly up for some reason, I'd have to try and start another one. <laughs> Excellent. You got me hooked. Good, good. So talk to me, tell me, um, tell me about some of the highlights for you on the podcast in 2017. Some of those things that, um, you know, you thought were great that you really enjoyed, um, enjoyed talking about on the podcast. Wow. Let's see if I can remember what year these were in. Um, like for example, we were just poking a little bit at the regular principle. Wasn't that dropped in early 2017 um i believe it was and i believe we have been poking at it ever since 
I guess because you know we we got in some trouble, we took some heat. Yes, we got bounced off of some other people's podcasts. We're persona non grata in their eyes now. That's right. It it kind of inclines you to want to poke at it a little bit when things like that happen. Yeah, I agree, and I I do think that was probably one of our hottest hottest and heaviest ones that we did. which in all honesty, you know, can't say this enough. It just, it really started off innocently enough. Um, and we, you know, Greg and I just came to find out that it snowballed into something much bigger than we thought it was going to. Um, and I will say that the, the response, uh, on both sides has been, um, good for the most part. Um, that people who, you know, were, Kind of against us in our position, um, were were appreciative of the way we handled that. You know, thought that we could have done a um, yeah. You know, they 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 felt we could have done a a harsher job of tearing up the position and tearing up the people um, within that position. And so it was, you know, it was kind of encouraging to hear that at least there was kind of a respect there for you know how we handled that and and what we did mm-hmm. with that. Um, you know, but there was also a lot of encouragement with people who have kind of come out of that. And, um, you know, I, I hate, you know, I, I don't want to use the word cult or anything like that, but you almost get that sense of like, I've been delivered from this, you know, that I've, <laughs> I've been set free from this, you know, maybe that's a, a better word, you know, there's, there's yeah. freedom to be found in freedom, ironically enough, you know, that we're not bound by, law or regulation that we are only bound by the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, and it brings us back to another topic that we've podcasted on, which is legalism. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, if the regulative principle is not biblical, then it's legalism. Yes. Yep. And I happen to believe it's legalism. I'm the guy who used to hold to it and teach it and preach it. But, uh, you know, on further thought, no, yeah. I think it's legalism. So, yeah, the idea of being delivered or being freed is absolutely accurate. And and when you get delivered from something like that, I mean, I experienced this um, when I was delivered from that and several other uh, reformed, reformed, reformed delusions, I think. Um, I had a great sense of freedom. I still feel it. Yeah. It's yeah. sweet. Well, and to quote you, I mean, you know, you just say this all the time, you know, never going back to it. <laughs> Yeah, not going yeah. back. Wild horses can't drag me. Yeah, I'm quoting Mick Jagger there. That's one of the Rolling Stones songs. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, since we uh, since we actually started with this, um, one of the things that I want to do is we did get a uh, listener question about this. Um, I'm going to be careful not to uh, not to name names or anything like that, um, just because I I'm realizing that we actually cast a little bit of a wider net than. Um, you know, that I think I, I even initially realized myself. So when I, when I talk about names and things like that, you know, um, I, I sometimes forget that, you know, other people have other people who are listening to this. So I'm not going to name any names, but this was just a question that was emailed and thrown out. Um, and it basically refers to the regulative principle and it talks about people who, um, follow the regulative principle. Do those people adhere strictly to using wine and unleavened bread? within uh, their communion services. And if they don't, are they then in violation of the regulative principle, which speaks about, in the Bible, the New Testament church using wine and unleavened bread within their services? 
Um, and Steve, I'm going to bounce that one to you uh, since you were in a church that held to the regulative principle. Did you use wine and unleavened bread within your services? We did not. Uh, nor did any of the many other Reformed Baptist churches that I got to visit, nor did mm-hmm. they use real wine or unleavened bread in their services. And, w- I mean, what would you say about that if if somebody were to have posed that question to you at that time, or was that question ever posed to you at that time? It was not, but I think I would have said a very intelligent, uh, something like that. <laughs> The uh, um, I actually I think some of our Reformed Presbyterian brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, have uh, have actually written on such things, and they've come up with a oh I'll call it clever, but to me not convincing system of distinguishing between. Now I'm not I I don't know the right terms, so I'm making stuff up now. But you sure. get the idea. Distinguish between the essence of the thing that you're you're uh, regulating. And then the, um, what would another word be? Like some particulars. The particulars don't matter. The essence is what matters. Mm. So gotcha. they, they've come up with this kind of reasoning that would justify not using grape juice, or not using wine or unleavened bread. So so as long as you're, you're performing communion, which is part of the regulative principle, the method in which you perform it is not necessarily required. Yes, the the incidentals don't matter. They say, you know, it's the same thing like we use hymn books. Well, in the New Testament, they obviously didn't have hymn books. It was a long time prior to Gutenberg, and there weren't books available. Mm -hmm. So they had to sing, I guess, presumably from memory, and um, which probably really hurt the singing, by the way. But, um, you know, we have the essence right. We're singing. We're supposed to sing. Mm. Uh, then, you know, the particulars don't matter. You use a handbook, you use slides. Well, they didn't like slides, but, uh, you use whatever. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, of course I don't, I don't adhere to the regulative principle. I don't know, um, that I've ever been in a church that does. And if they do, then I was young enough and wasn't aware of it. So, you know, to me, I really, I don't know that I could, you know, thoughtfully and thoroughly answer that question. Um, it would be fascinating, you know, to um, brothers and sisters out there who listen to us, who do adhere to the regulative principle, pastors and congregants and things like that, um, you know, tweet us, tweet us out if you're listening to this. I think we still do have some of our former brothers and, or some of our brothers and sisters, not former, some of our brothers and sisters uh, who do adhere to the regulative principle who still listen to us. So um, for those of you out there, please, you know, tweet us or uh, Facebook us, um, you know, send this out there. Let's get this um, topic going for discussion um, on uh, social media so that we can get um, more uh, better opinions and thoughts on that. Because I, I mean, to me, this is a sticking point and it's one that should be addressed. Um, you know, for those that do adhere to the regulative principle, if you're going to adhere to it, shouldn't you, um, you know, as Paul put it, go all the way. Um yeah, and you know, I'm Googling around a little bit while you're talking about this. Yeah. And interesting. So here's a website, www.puritanboard.com. Okay. And they have an entry from back in 2011, but it says, Unfortunately, in many Reformed churches today, though we boast of our regulative principle, we really don't follow Scripture on the Lord's Supper. Dash. We don't do it regularly or weekly. Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Ah. We use little disposable cups instead of the one cup mentioned in the New Testament, and mm. we use grape juice instead of wine. 
So they're saying that's unfortunate. Huh. So to me, at least it's, uh, at least they're being consistent with, uh, with their conscience or conviction in that matter. Um, and they are consistently following through with their belief. Um, so, I mean, to me, at least I can have some respect for that. Uh, I, you know, even though I disagree with it, I, you know, there is a level, right. There is a level of consistency in that, I think, you know, so, huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Any others? Nothing else is more enlightening here. Yeah. None of the other websites are. Fascinating. Any other podcasts that kind of stick out at you or uh, Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Here's another one that says uh-huh. the biblical term wine, which, by the way, is the Greek word oinos. Yeah. Uh, if the biblical, the biblical term wine is broad enough to encompass both fermented and unfermented wine, so one may use unfermented, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Even, but it was always wine. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody's ever had to... You know, worry about getting drunk on unfermented oh, wine. Oh, grape juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, actually, I've been drinking a lot of grape juice this week because it was Debbie's turn to prepare the communion last week. Oh, and really? there's a lot of leftover <laughs> grape juice. Is it unholy for me to drink that leftover grape juice? Well, I'm drinking it, man. That's right. Like well, <laughs> big glass at breakfast and a big glass at lunch. Absolutely. And I'm turning purple. But um, uh, uh, I haven't gotten drunk off of it. Not even a buzz. That's right. <laughs> Funny. Oh no, absolutely. It's funny. It's funny that you say that because uh, when we were uh, at the old building, CFC was at our old building. You know, the the leftover grape juice from communion would be put in the fridge, and so you know, when Greg and I would meet for podcast or something on a Tuesday, that's usually the first thing I was grabbing to pour a glass of. <laughs> <laughs> Go get the grape juice, huh? That's right. That's right. That's uh, funny. One of my kids was telling me he's forty now. Please tell me that. Uh, we were talking about you. Know, what were some of the some of your childhood sins? What were some of the things you did wrong as a kid? And he said, "Well, I bet you never knew this, but you and mom would have a glass of wine at night, and then you'd leave the glass sitting there with you know just a little wine left in the bottom, and and we'd go out there and drink it." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was their childhood sin. <laughs> That's funny. And you're probably thinking, "Hey, if it puts you to bed sooner, I didn't care. <laughs> I'll get you some more." That's, That's right. great. How about some bourbon? That's right. A little bourbon on the pacifier. Why not? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, man. Too funny. Yeah, I, you uh, know, thinking about um, kind of some of those bigger um, bigger podcasts that we've done, one of the ones that really sticks out for me uh, is the book review one that you and I did, Steve. Um, uh, I think it was about September, uh, one of the first ones we did actually, I think, uh, on a, on a consistent basis. The first one we did was a 4th of July one, but I think the one we did where you kind of jumped in and we started doing these weekly again was the, the September one, um, on our book review. And I actually have gotten a lot of good response, had gotten a lot of good responses on that one at the time. People really enjoying that and liking, um, you know, what we were doing with that. And we've tried to, uh, now on the Christmas ones, we kind of got away from it because we were, um, we were recording four in one day. So, uh, I don't think we were as consistent with, you know, giving a book recommendation, but we've tried to, you know, once a week give a book recommendation based off of, um, the topics that we've done. Um, you know, and hopefully that's something that we'll continue to do. And maybe, uh, you know, next September, once we've gone through a full year, we'll do a, another kind of top 10 or top 20 
top 20 books um, from you and I. Sounds pretty cool. Actually, actually, I saw today um, a, a file I've started, and I'd forgotten about it, where I wrote down each book that I've done on a book review so far, so I don't duplicate it and review them again someday. Nice. That was entirely smarter than I could ever hope to be, because I think I did that when you and I did the podcast, and then I can't remember where I put that piece of paper. Um, so Yeah, but you heard me say I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. Until <laughs> so I ran into it today. Maybe I'll remember now. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think yeah. the book reviews were really, really, uh, they were fun for, from our vantage point and probably, you know, her encouraging and helpful to some of the hearers as were, um, some of my favorites were some of the musicians we interviewed. I was just mm. impressed, very impressed with their personal passion for Christ, their kingdom orientation, their, uh, knowledge of scripture and stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't know why. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, you know, maybe some mediocre or shallow spirituality. But man, I'm good at music. Yeah, now, I was blown. I was blown away by the heart of yeah. several of these guys that we interviewed. Were you? Oh, absolutely. I mean that, you know, that deeper theological knowledge and base, um, which you know, once you hear that, it really, it's no surprise, you know, of course, um, referring to James Mead of Cutlass and, um, Stephen yeah. Christian of, um, formerly Amber Lynn, and he did his solo, uh, wildfires, yes. um, you know, and you just, you understand now, you know, how these, these guys, these bands come to these solid <laughs> theological truths within their music because theologically they're grounded and solid, in themselves, um, you know, and that to me, that was just fantastic. Still getting compliments on uh, both of those. And um, hmm. the, the Stephen Christian one was a little rougher. We were we were recording on um, kind of a day when he was away and traveling and, you know, the Internet That's connection right. wasn't great. But, you know, just it's still fantastic to hear the compliments on those and how people have really responded to those. And, and the same thing you were saying um, from our from our listeners as well, you know, just such great theological grounding from uh from both these men yeah and they were uh, appropriately uh careful and critical about the the music the contemporary christian music culture that they've observed saying that there are a lot of pretenders and there are a lot of people mm -hmm. who are very shallow and uh but then they would name some others there this guy's solid that guy's for real and so on yeah I, and i thought that was pretty cool very enlightening to realize that's what is going on up there that and they they know about each other like yeah. I heard one of them mentioned, I think John Mark McMillan, you know, he's the real deal and stuff. And I could easily believe that yeah. to his music. So, um, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, reminds me, by the way, uh, a highlight of 2017 for me yep. was David, David Crowder's new album, American, American prodigal. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if you're a fan of David Crowder or not, yep. but, um, that is an amazing album. It is highly, highly, highly studio produced. Like they just worked and worked and worked and added and subtracted and changed and engineered in the studio. So they came up with all kinds of amazing sound and stuff. But there are some really solid songs. Like my favorite one on the album and one we play at our church, by the way, our, and sing at our church is uh, called My Victory. Mm. Oh man, every time I hear it, it still just grips me and sometimes my eyes get misty and stuff. Yeah. There's another one called, the other one that's kind of funny and very fast moving, hard driving called Run Devil Run. 
Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I got something to make the devil going to run. And I played that on vacation this summer for some of my grandsons, and they couldn't stand still. They were all dancing like crazy here in that one. That's so, fantastic. Uh, 2017, David Crowder. If you, if you all haven't heard American Prodigal, check it out. Maybe it's your cup of tea. And he is an amazing musician. Yes. Like, he's just got so many things up his sleeve that other people don't. Nice. Nice. That's great. Yeah. You know, I have, um, for me, mine is a, um, it's kind of a duality with it. It's, it's a, um, you know, to me, it was a, a terrible, uh, loss, I guess, but, um, also with it came a great, uh, plus great benefit. And that was, uh, Greg stepping down from the podcast. Um, you know, uh, that was, and that's something that you and I will, will continue to talk about. I mean, thankfully he's still around and we can still get him on as a guest every once in a while. Um, but you know, that was, um, that was something that was, you know, sorely, uh, sorely missed. Um, you know, people have commented on that, but equally, uh, Steve, you stepping up and coming on, um, and filling those shoes has been absolutely fantastic. And I have gotten so many emails and compliments on, um, the job you were doing, um, bringing a truth, life affirming, life giving perspective to this podcast where, uh, I can't do that. I'm just too cynical. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but mainly they're mentioning my good looks, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve, we just, we have the perfect face for radio. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's what my mother tells me. Um, speaking of Greg, here's a throwback term and I use it only humorously, humorously of Greg, um, you know, because he left us, He's a rat fink, man. A rat fink. Remember that term? <laughs> yes. Does, does anybody yes. still use that? He's a rat fink. The, you know, it's funny. The only reason I know that term is from watching the TV show MASH. Um, really? Yes. The uh, the reference huh. that uh, Hawkeye and Trapper refer to Frank Burns. Um, so I am familiar with that term, but I have not. I, I haven't yet heard it outside of uh, outside of that TV show. So uh, <laughs> that's funny. All right. You know, we did um, we did talk a lot about uh, church leadership, and we talked a lot about um, people stepping up in the church and leadership looking for other leaders to step up. And one thing that we touched on that a listener brought up, um, this was another listener uh, question that we had, was um, when to leave a church versus when to stay and try to help bring about change. Um, and Steve, you and I, um, you know, we have very few differences or takes on, um, (laughs) things. And so I'm wondering if you and I might have a difference of opinion on, um, on this one as well. So I, I'm interested to see where this goes, but I'm going to let you go ahead and and just kind of start this one off. Um, Thanks a lot. Uh, that's um, the benefit sure. of not being the pastor. I get to shoot it over to you. <laughs> when to stay and when to leave. First, I want to say, when you stay, don't stay thinking, I'll be a catalyst for change. I'll be a change agent. I'll change this place. I'll change things. No, you won't. Mm. Uh, yeah. You'll make yourself uh, odious yeah. to, to other leaders and to other people in the church, and it's not going to go well. If you're going to stay in a church, 
unless you're one of the pastors, you probably aren't going to have the opportunity to change much. You're just going to create factions and division mm-hmm. and people whispering in the corner and little groups over here and then other ones over there. And don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to stay in a church, just decide uh, if it needs change, you know, I'm going to pray or maybe speak with the pastors about it. Mm-hmm. Don't try and get a little posse going out there. And then the pastors are upset at you for doing that. You're, you're stealing their sheep. Um, Talk to the pastors about it, and if they seem open to more talk about it, fine. And if they don't, well, then there's your limit. Um, but uh, I would say it depends on the issue, what, you know, how long you stay or, or, or whether you leave. Mm-hmm. So let's say, um, let's say that the church has really gone doctrinally south. Mm. All right, maybe, you, maybe uh, you'd be a pretty quick path out of there. Mm. Because, you know, it's not going to change. It's probably not going to get better. Sad to say, but history seems to prove that. Mm-hmm. Once they go south, they stay south. Um, and you're, yeah, I already said, you're not going to change it. So you, you probably don't want to be in a church that you know, doesn't believe Scripture is God's Word or believes it's full of errors and holes, <clears throat> uh, doesn't affirm the gospel, doesn't affirm the deity of Christ. Maybe they do affirm other religions as being equally valid and whatever, whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, get, get out of there. Um, but if you're talking about, you know, lesser things, like I don't like the preaching style or I don't like the music style or... Um, what else? Can you help me? What else would be on a list like that? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, funnily enough, I think those are kind of the two biggies. You know, maybe another one would be um, ministry opportunities. You know, they're not doing this type of ministry, uh, which I'm really involved. You know, which I really want to be involved in. Or I'm not getting to use my gifts. Yeah, yeah, things like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Incidentally, we had we had a family show up at the church in 2017. They came one Sunday. And uh, I talked to the gentleman afterward. They came from another church in this area. I know of that church. I know the pastor in that church. And um, they, I asked, well, you know, are you looking around for a new church or what? And they said, yeah, we're, we're trying to find a church where our gifts can be appreciated. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> not here, brother, not right. here. Can, can I help you to the door? Uh, man, you know, I've just seen that too many times where – a church did recognize your lack of gift or your lack of readiness in one way or another. Trust me, brother, if you had gifts and the graces to go with them, they would scarf you up. Right. <laughs> they they want to use you. They would give you the platform. Right. But you don't realize you you aren't the band you think you are. Yeah. So, um, sorry. Yeah. We can't help you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, people want to leave over lesser things, and I'd say – you know, general counsel would be pretty slow to do that. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's say you were in, you were in the church, the church in Corinth, yeah. or you were in the church in Ephesus, or name any other first century town that's in the New Testament, mm-hmm. and you decided you didn't like something in that church. What are your options? <laughs> I can travel 50 none. miles to Ephesus yeah. if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I can walk. <laughs> that's right. I can get my little boat and cross the Sea of Galilee, and maybe there's a church over there. Um, you stayed in your church for better or for worse, thick and thin personality differences and things that upset you and whatever. And yeah. and you work it out. And that's part of the grace of God working in your life and you're maturing and learning how to deal with other types of people and other types of issues and learning how to give and take. Yeah. Um, but you know, it has amazed me to see some of the petty things yeah. for which people leave churches sometimes. Don't, don't be one of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. So do we differ? What do you, what do you, what would you say? You know, I, I don't think we differ too much. I mean, one of the things that I think is that, um, you know, first of all, I think my allegiance is not to any one denomination or, or group. My allegiance is to the universal body of Christ. And so totally agree. with, with that said, I think it's important that I, I get plugged into a local body of Christ because locally I'm going to be more effective and efficient in preaching the gospel with those people. Um, I don't, I don't think the gospel is ever preached individually. I think it's done in community. I think it's done with groups of people who can see Christ says, you know, um, this is how people will know, um, will know me by, by the love that you show for one another, you know? And so, um, you can't one another it on your own. Um, and so I think it is Amen. important that the world see that we are in community together, that we are living together, that we are breaking bread together, that, you know what, I think it's good for the world to see that, you know what, we have fights and disagreements and arguments with one another. Yeah. However, we it have, is... We have weirdos that are hard to get yeah. along with. And, yeah. yeah. But, they, but, I, but it's equally as important that they see how do we... How do we humble ourselves before one another? When I say something stupid to my brother in Christ, am I willing to humble myself? Am I willing to apologize to, um, you know, be um, be forgiven by that person, um, you know, and admit that I've done something stupid and wrong? Um, you know, some of the most disarming conversations I've had with people, both Christian and, and, and non-Christian, is, you know, when I've said, I'm sorry um, for, you know, being myself at times. Um but it, but it is disarming when when you are willing Amen. to humble yourself and, and say those things. And I think it's important that the world see how we live and act and treat one another in in community with one another. Um, and so I you know I agree. I don't think people should just go out and go church hopping. I don't think we you know people should just go out and you know look for whatever scratches their itch in terms of you know worship and things like that. However, at the same time, I can understand and appreciate that certain styles can be distracting. Yeah, me too. Um, yep. You know, and so um, for me, if yeah. I'm in a church that is overly Pentecostal where, you know, people start doing the victory dance line. And, you know, to me, that is just, that is distracting to worship. Um, and, and I realize that that's not the same thing for everyone, that for people, they really connect on a community and social level in that way. And they get involved in worship in that way. And, and so that's, that's great that they can worship and fellowship together like that. I, I'm just not one of those people. Um, Speaking of that line, yeah, they, they call uh, in some of those churches they call it the something tunnel, and the people like form a tunnel. They put yeah. their arms, yeah, you, and you go through the tunnel and yeah. you're blessed by that. Are you familiar with that? What is that tunnel called? It's I, something or other. Tunnel. I honestly can't tell you because um, the right. the last time I remember being in a church that was overtly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, demonstrative uh like that they they formed what was called like the victory line and to me it just looked like the conga line in church um you know and so i you know again like i can appreciate the fact that you you know as brothers and sisters you all can get up and worship and do that and you are you are all for that and you are coming together and doing that um i that to me is way more of a distraction than it is a form where i can truly sit there and 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 worship and focus on worship you know and a lot of people yes. 
you know, a lot of people, I think, overuse the excuse, well, it's not about you, it's about God. And you're right, it is about God, but I have trouble connecting and communing with God when that stuff is going on around me. And so rather than be distracted by that, knowing my own heart, knowing um, – and, and again, I'm not blaming those people. I'm blaming myself. In my heart, I cannot get over that. And so if in my heart I can't get over that, I would rather remove myself, remove myself from sinning and stumbling in that area and go somewhere where I am more like-minded with the other people in worship. Um, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and quietly and respectfully do it. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that can be said about many different things, even some of these minor issues. Now, I think if if you get to the point where you have you know a thousand minor issues that are bothering so much, bothering <laughs> you so much that you can't worship mm-hmm. anywhere, it's really time to do a hard self examination and Might say, be about you. yeah, yeah, and say, okay, I I've got to change me and my personality, but. You know, I think something like that where, you know what, okay, maybe maybe the style of worship, um, I can get good, solid biblical preaching. And to me, that's first and foremost. Um, for me, the, the solid biblical yeah. preaching is, is yep. the, the primary thing that I'm looking for um, when I go to a church. And so for me... And, and real fellowship with authentic Christians. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so if those components are there, then, you know, the worship, if the worship isn't as great, do I want it better? Yeah, you know, I think maybe, okay, it could be better and, and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if the word of God's being preached and I'm connecting with people on a level of um, family and, you know, becoming the body of Christ, then for me – it's it's worth it to stay and kind of work through my own issues in some other areas, um, but but I you know I also I don't think that you know I don't think in every circumstance you need to just stay and suck it up for the sake of being in the church. I think I think again our allegiance is to the universal body of Christ, not to different denominations. And so if you find that you are able to fellowship more freely with uh, another group of people at a, at a different building, um, you know, a, a different body of Christ. And you, and you find yourself more in that family setting where, you know what, sometimes they're driving you nuts, but you know what? Yeah. I'm having an easier time being forgiven and forgiving others in this environment. And I know God's word is clearly being preached in these instances. Then, then yeah, I'm all for, you know, looking around and, and settling in, um, in an area. I mean, I'm not against the idea of church shopping, so to speak, um, if, if your motives are, are right. Because, I mean, my wife and I, this was before we landed at CFC, we were in the process of church shopping. And one of the things that I found was lacking was a conviction to seriously preaching the word of God. And so I just could never settle in any of the churches we visited because that component was missing. Yeah, I have a hard time with a church where that component was missing. And you you are right. It's rather, well, I don't want to sound like a real grouchy curmudgeon here, but uh, there are a lot of churches where it's very content light. Yeah. Very, very little scripture, very... Yeah. Uh, not much. By the way, I Googled that tunnel thing. It's a fire tunnel. A fire tunnel. Have you heard of that? I, you know, I have not. I've seen it, but I haven't heard the term for it. So. Yeah, it comes from Bethel Church out in California. Okay. Um, and 
uh, Redding, California, says here. So they have fire tunnels. They have laughing, jerking. Have you seen the gold dust thing where there's like gold dust coming down from the ceiling and everybody's looking at it? That's some sign from God that he's going to bless you and all that stuff. I would have a really hard time. Actually, worse than a hard time. I'd kill somebody. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd shoot myself in the head. I'd do, man, I'd, I don't know. It'd be awful. Yeah. In a church like that. I just could not do that. I'd stand up and scream. Right, right. Yeah. And, and that's so. the thing, you know, like when I was, um, when I was there in services like that, you know, I just, um, it, it, and again, this is more, I think, about me than, um, than the people there because, you know, I grew up, I grew up in, in church settings like that. I mean, for the first, I don't know, 14 years of my life, those were the types of churches I was in. And there was just always something off. They were always mm-hmm. trying to force me out of my comfort zone. And I've really, I've come to the point where, you know, people talk about being forced out of your comfort zone. Like, you know, that's what God wants for you at all times is for you to never be comfortable in any form or setting. Um, and I've come to learn the distinction between going out of my comfort zone when it's obedience to God's word and going out of my comfort zone when it's a preference that somebody else has, um, about how to do something. Um, and I have no problem going out of my comfort zone. If God wants me to go to, you know, Africa or India and preach the gospel, I have no problem going out of my comfort zone. If I feel the Holy spirit really prompting me to write a letter to someone for some reason or to do something. Um, when somebody's telling me that I need to stand up and, you know, join the conga line in church, that I need to be pushed out of my mm-hmm. comfort zone, I, I start to have a problem with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, by the way, sometimes I actually told our church this recently. Sometimes I, I would, I, this is totally tongue in cheek. Sometimes I would like to be a pastor of a Pentecostal church where while you're preaching, they make a lot of noise out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man, that'll, that'll rev you up when you're preaching, you know? Right, right. And you know, you're, you know, you're getting some traction because they're making some noise out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that would be fun. And I have had occasion to preach to groups that were noisier. Yeah. And, and believe me, it really does kind of move you as a preacher. Like, you know, they're with you. Do you get thrown but anyway? Do, do you find yourself getting thrown off first if you're not expecting it though? <laughs> No, I don't think so. No, no. Uh, different people are wired differently. You know, yeah. Some guys stick close to their manuscript or whatever. And right. I'm, I'm really in touch with the people, yeah. and I re- I'll respond to them. So if somebody says something out there, they're probably going to get a response. And yeah. Uh, it, anyway, that's funny. I remember the first time I uh, I was preaching. I was. Uh, or, or I was preaching again. I went back home and was preaching in just you know small country church um, that I grew up in, and um very uh, vocal group of people who were there who, who weren't there before I had left and went to college. And so, uh, you know, I, by God's grace, I, you know, went along and rolled with it. But I remember, you know, just when it was going on, just kind of being thrown a little bit. It's like, oh, this isn't the group that I'm used to preaching to. <laughs> these people, <laughs> these people are a little more awake and alive. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I wonder what a charismatic Presbyterian would look like. Well, um, apparently, uh, Calvinist Batman is, uh, goes to, uh, a, an Assemblies of God church in, um, Florida. Really? Yeah. So, really? Uh, yeah, he is a, he is a reformed, reformed dude who, uh, who attends a, an AOG church, uh, down in Florida. So, 
That's um, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Matt Smith, uh, Greg Dutcher's good friend. We've had him here on the podcast mm-hmm. a few times. Yep. You know, he leans more charismatic, toward dude. charismatic, um, you know, has, yeah. has more charismatic tendencies. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, kind of kind of fascinating in that regard. Um, but, man, we are um, – this is really so good. We're actually coming up on uh, 40, 48 minutes here, um, and I want a couple more uh, things that I want to talk about before we end up signing off here. I don't want to go um, too much over an hour, although I, I know people say they enjoy it when we do. But you know, for uh, for my sanity, of I, I got a couple more things I need to do for my classes to prepare tomorrow. Um, uh, and, mm-hmm. um, but Steve, just want to um, kind of bring up some things. Um, for uh, 2018 that we are looking forward to. One of, the, one of the big things that I want to push this year is to really boost our social media content. Um, I've just been getting more and more um, emails and affirmations that people are responding well to the podcast and they want us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, part of how we do that is by our listeners going out and giving us iTunes reviews. Um, you know, we used to do all kinds of crazy things and giveaways and things like that. Um, I'm just going to ask that for this first kind of push. Um, which is going to be for the month of um, January. Now that I say that, most of you are going to wait till February to do this. But um, you know, just for January, out of the goodness and kindness of your heart, if you could go on and leave us um, iTunes reviews, if you could, that that's the big thing because the iTunes reviews really puts us up there on the charts where people can find us easily. Um, Greg and I had a push. Um, back a year ago where we were trying to get through and get to a hundred within the year. And we did that. We've kind of been, um, stagnant at about 137. Um, I really, by the end of this year, I'd like to see us go up to, I think we could easily go up to, um, 300. Uh, so that's going to be my goal for, um, this year is just pushing those iTunes reviews. Um, good, bad, or ugly. The reviews are there and they help people um, find our podcast. Now, we would love it if you gave us a review and gave us a positive uh, written review. Um, the main thing is, you know, getting us in there and getting those written reviews in there. But even if you have a negative review, if you have a comment or critique, we really take those things seriously. Um, for the first several months of the podcast, we had people complaining about the sound and we did everything we could to fix the sound hopefully what people are hearing is a much better quality and product than what we were initially putting out and we're always consistently striving to make that better and better get those volumes and regulations and control now obviously things happen and it doesn't always go that way but i you know i would venture to say that 90 percent of the time you know we put out a great sounding um product to people and so you know just leaving us speaking yeah. Speaking of sound, there are there are some other podcasts I listen to. I try to keep up to date on them. I don't always do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I occasionally listen to, who's enormously popular, of course, is Tim Ferriss. And you, you notice um, when you listen to his podcast, they're talking faster than is humanly possible. And actually, you, you can tell they're speeding up the thing, mm-hmm. although it doesn't make their voices higher. There's technology that you can make it faster but not higher. Right. Uh, and uh, another guy I listen to 
from time to time, the Jocko podcast. He has just started doing the same thing. It's way faster. The mm. talk is way faster than it used to be. I don't like it. I don't like oh, it at okay. all. Yeah. I think it's horrible. So you don't have any plans to do that, do you? I do not. No, no. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a, a button that people can push on their uh, podcast listeners so they can listen to it at like, you know, um, half the speed or whatever, or, you know, increase to half the speed and, and listen to it faster. Um, so I'll just let people, you know, mess with the speed however they want to, and we're going to keep it at our huh. normal flow and rate. I like that. So, Thank you, boss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, goal for uh, for 2018, 300 iTunes reviews. Um, you know, please get on there and leave us reviews. Um, interestingly enough, you can leave multiple reviews. Um, from what I remember hearing, it doesn't have to just be a one-time thing. So maybe you left a review early on and the sound wasn't as great. Maybe, you know, you could go back and, and leave another review um, if you if you think the sound has improved over time. Um, but we really would love you to leave those reviews for us. Um, again, getting into February, we are going to hopefully be doing some more giveaways as we have some more guests on um, and promoting some more books and things like that. Um, we'd love to do more with that. But um, for the month of January, let's just see how many we can get up and see how close we can get. We're going to start tending a little bit more uh, toward, to our uh, Twitter page. Steve, you and I are going to talk a little bit about that, but you would express some interest in possibly um, doing some things with that. So I might, um, I might like let you just go ahead and, and run with that. Um, if you are, if you are up for that, and and people should be getting a lot more content out. Um, on Twitter and uh, Facebook. We're going to look into possibly doing Instagram and just linking all those accounts together. I know a lot of people are on Instagram. Um, you know, we just, we want to be as effective with um, social media as we can be. It's such a huge resource out there. And so we want to make sure that we're making the most use of it. Um, you're going to see some changes on Facebook uh, to our listeners out there. There are going to be a lot of changes. Like I said earlier, we link together our Facebook page, Shop Now or Buy Now, whatever it is, with the Mission Aware page so people can you know, have quick, easy access to the link on Mission Aware. Um, so we're really trying to do a lot to bolster our presence on the Internet. Um, you know, things, have, things were a little bit crazy with um, new position, with teaching and all that. Um, going into 2018, I think I've got a better handle on things. I started my position at um, the school I'm at, um, Bethel Christian Academy. I started there's – there's a free plug for Bethel. I can do that right because I work there. Um, so I started um, I started there. It was It's coming up on one year. It was uh, January 20th of – of last year uh, of 2017 that I started working there. And so uh, I'm coming up into the second half of the year where this is the material that I've taught to these students before. And so it'll be a little smoother uh, going into this half of the year than it was the first half of the half of the year. And so I'm hoping that I will be able to, um, you know, do a little bit more when it comes to networking and social media and all that. Um, also want to say, uh, Stephen, you don't know this. This is going to be a happy surprise for you. Um, when you and I can get a chance to get together in you're gonna, studio, you're going to double my salary. That's right. No, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to triple your salary, Steve. Triple it. Three times what you are making right now, guaranteed. Three times zero equals. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I sidetracked you. Go that's ahead. right. That's right. Um, no, what what I'd like to do is I'd like to start using. 
Facebook Live. We have a Facebook page, and we can just click that little live button. I'm going to look to get a little camera that we can set up. So when you and I are in studio together, um, we can go ahead and just kind of set that all up and get it going so that um, people can see our pretty faces um, and we're going to link it up to a YouTube channel so that we can get a YouTube presence out there as well. Um, and just, again, increase what we're doing. Just um, try to make it bigger, try to make it better. Um, I'm still in the process of working on linking um, three, you know, multiple callers calling in. Um, I want to make sure that it is the best sound quality possible. Um, so I'm going to be working with some people on how to do that. You know, a lot of people have some different solutions on how they want to do it. Um, but I, I want to make sure it's it's the best. I want to make sure that when I start in and when I do it, it is the best way possible to do it so that it's the best sound quality possible. Um, when we first started the podcast, um, we're coming up on our third year now of um, the podcast. And so when when we first started doing that, um, that was one thing that Greg and I did. We did our research. We did our due diligence to get the best equipment possible to do what we wanted to do. And so we want to continue with that trend. Um, so tons of things coming up for 2018. We have some great guests coming on. We have a gentleman who wrote a book, um, about, um, why Christianity doesn't make sense. Uh, this is an atheist who actually contacted us, um, and, um, want to get him on the podcast. Steve, I'm going to get the book to you, um, as soon as possible. So that way you can read it. And, um, we just want to have this gentleman on and discuss Christianity. Um, and I, that's one of the things that I love about this podcast is we're not afraid to have um, people who disagree with us. We've had um, Faras on here who is who is a Muslim. We've had my friend JR on here before who's an agnostic. Um, we're trying to get Faras's Iman on still. Um, that was just uh, kind of something that schedules didn't work out, but we want to get him on to uh, have a you know a devout Muslim's perspective on Christ and Christianity and the world. Um, you know, and just talk with these people, you know, there is no need in my mind or opinion to, you know, force the, you know, on bended knee conversion story, you know, it's just, Hey, tell us, tell us what you think. Tell us why, why do you have these discrepancies with Christianity? What is it about Christ that you object to and, and who he says he is and just have a discussion with these people. Um, Steve, your thoughts. Oh, uh, I don't really have any about all that. That sounds great. I don't have anything in addition to that. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Facebook Live, uh-huh. um, my thought was, oh, I'll have to pay attention to what I wear and <laughs> not to sh- make sure I brush my hair and brush my teeth and they're going to see us. Huh? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> So that's well, a whole different element. Well, the good news is you can still wear, you know, sandals and uh, and shorts in the wintertime. You know, nobody will see you. We'll just kind of shoot from the, from the waist up on that one. From the waist up. All right, that works. Good. <laughs> Maybe in my case, the chest up. I don't want anyone seeing the stomach. <laughs> uh, 
No, but really, you know, looking forward to a lot of great things we have um, upcoming in the new year. And, um, you know, Steve, you and I still have to get together and hash out a lot of uh, details and plans. But, um, you know, this is um, I think this is something that is um, really going to be good for the podcast in the long run. And, you know, hopefully bring in, um, you know, the goal is just to constantly be bringing in new listeners and and people who, you know, enjoy what we're doing and, and keep growing. So. You're familiar with the cartoon Pinky and the Brain? Yes, yes. Yes, so, you know, uh, Pinky asks Brain, what are we going to do today, Brain? Brain says, same thing we always do, Pinky. Try, try to take over, take the, over world. the world. So, yes. we're, so we're going to try to take over the podcasting world in 2018, right? That's right. That is our goal. One, one month one of us at is a Pinky time. And which, which one of us is the Brain? I'll, You're the Brain. Me? No, I'll, I'll give you the Brain. <laughs> <laughs> I can just, you know, bounce around and go, Narf! oh great great so with that said we are going to uh we're going to go ahead and close this out steve we just rocked the casbah yes rocked it these go to 11